Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We're talking with Robert Kappelman, a master's degree in environmental engineering from the University of Florida, specialist in atmospheric photochemistry. We're talking about the Green New Deal and... uh, Let's talk, let's talk about what we're going to be required to give up and what we're going to get from this package. Okay, there's quite a bit. Uh, one of the things you're going to have to give up is uh, fossil fuels because the gold is zero fossil fuels. So we're going to have to have a way uh, to run an automobile on electricity but you're going to also have to be able to generate that electricity without fossil fuel. Um, So that's going to be a complete conversion of the economy. And you've got certain things available to you. You've got solar. You've got wind. Uh, Nuclear energy could have been a good uh, thing, but the Green New Deal assumes a phase-out of nuclear. Initially, it was shut them all down, and then the reality clicked in a little bit. And so no more new, but uh, run them till they they go out, and hopefully by 2050, they're all all gone. So uh, you're going to basically have to give up uh, life as you you know it, Um, uh, mainly mass transit, uh, minimize your uh, air traffic, etc., because uh, you still have to have fossil fuels to run a jet engine. Uh, electric planes uh, theoretically could possibly happen. Uh, you know, if you have a market for it, then maybe some genius comes up with. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've I've seen electric uh, little gliders that kids play with. I've seen little planes that the propellers run with uh, rubber bands that you wind up. So that's not saying that someone couldn't come with a breakthrough, but while that's happening, your whole society is turned upside down. I'd hate to actually be at an airliner at 37,000 feet when the batteries ran dry. That would be (laughs) not fun because your plane is going to be pretty darn heavy with all the batteries. Right. Not much of a glide slope. But so what you're talking about is they, they want a complete, a complete turnover of our economy, which we know would be a very, very devastating thing. It would mean that we would have to give up an awful lot of things that 
American society has come used to. We have to live in a completely different way. Um, I think that's pretty much unacceptable to most people. Well, the the other thing, and as you go through this, and you see that, well, wait a minute, this stuff that we're going to get here, the stuff that we need to do. Well, let me give you an example. Uh, it states that a large radical wealth divide amounting to a difference of 20 times more wealth between the average white family and the average black family and a gender gap that results in women earning approximately 80% as much as men, uh, they lead into that to say we're going to change that. Uh, They're talking about uh, life expectancy rates uh, for certain portions of the population being less than others. They're going to change that. uh, they talk about four decades of wage stagnation basically based on uh, socioeconomic uh, race, etc. Uh, they're going to fix that. Um, uh, again, uh, they make this statement that this is happening, but they've failed to look at the last couple of years where wage stagnation is no longer there, uh, they go back quite a bit to get this gender gap <clears throat> because when you look at the gender gap numbers and you take the same experience level, the same education, uh, take an ophthalmologist that's a woman whose practice is five years old and your practice is 50, 60 years old. Not that much. Not, not, not that much. <laughs> But it's likely that your practice is built up. You're going to make more. But if you get uh, a a female doctor, same specialty, same uh, community, you're going to find if she's got 20 years experience, the difference in the income and another male doctor with 20 years is not significantly different. In fact, the latest figures, uh, when you take all different professions – uh, one to five percent when you equalize the years experience, et cetera. And then they make a deal to say, look, uh, women uh, sometimes will take off a year or two uh, to have children, et cetera, et cetera. That does affect that income, but not 20 percent, more like one to two to three to four, five percent, depending on the income. So they make a lot of these assumptions that this bad stuff is happening. And this resolution not only will equilibrate, uh, you know, our our climate, but it's going to take care of all these social needs. But again, no explanation of how or where you're going to be able to do this. Where's the money going to come from? What type of controls do you have to have on society to force them to do what they want them to do? See, that's the thing that bothers me more than anything. I'm a big believer in the free market, you know, driving. I don't really like uh, tax policy that forces people to do things. But again, it's sort of a, uh, a mechanism to, to bring about, uh, you know, social change. But the kind of social change that this requires is going to take more than tax incentives to get people to do what you want them to do. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We'll be right back after this quick break.
We're talking with Robert Kappelman, a master's degree in environmental engineering from the University of Florida, specialist in atmospheric photochemistry. In reading through this report, as I have read through this report as well, I, I feel that the, or the resolution, I should say, we've discussed the fact that the, the whereas section contains really many, many false, overtly false statements. Uh, I think that's one thing that, that is abundantly clear. Um, and when we get into what they want to accomplish or what they want the, to accomplish, you're looking at at really you're looking at accomplishing a com, a complete disruption what they want to do is a they want to create a complete disruption of american society and then when you get into the results section of this resolution you understand why <clears throat> and i think we've been beating around the bush here but I think that you and I both understand what the goal is. If you, based on a variety of false assumptions, uh, you get to do a whole bunch of things that cause complete disruption of society, the result that they want to achieve is the creation of a socialist tyranny in this country. They want the government or the elite group of elite rulers, the ruling class, none of it will apply to them, of course, but all of this will apply to every single common regular citizen. The government will control every aspect of their life. Is that how you see this? Uh, That is really the way I do see it. Um, I think you have to look at the fact that they keep talking about Look at the things we were able to do mobilizing to World War II. Look at what we were able to do uh, to get a man to the moon. And uh, if anyone looks at what happened during World War II, the government had to take extraordinary action. You basically were telling industries what to make. But the whole population understood the threat of the, uh, the Nazis, the fascists, And therefore, people were willing to accept uh, companies being ordered to switch from this particular manufacturing thing to something else because the danger was so real. This is why you get so many of the, these are the horrible things that are happening now, just how much worse it's going to be. My gosh, we've never had hurricanes like we've had recently And if it's this bad with the little bit of climate change that man's caused, imagine what it's going to be like. Look what our models say. Look at the – and again, we we mentioned this. They look at the absolute worst-case models when you look at inundating farmland and so on. Uh, One of the things that the the DOD did an analysis. They took the worst case. They said – the scientists said, well, we can – Sea level may rise 10 feet in the uh, uh, Indochina. Okay, I'll take that as a given. What will happen then? Well, all the farmland will be wiped out, and these people will move up to China, 
the Vietnamese and the Chinese have been enemies for a thousand years, there's going to be a regional war. You get a report saying climate change will cause disastrous regional wars. Again, what data did you put in there? You made an assumption that was totally unreasonable. But what you're trying to do is create this this idea that disaster, the worst disaster, how about an existential threat that's the worst we've ever faced? Have you heard that from the politicians? That gives me the justification to do things on a World War II mobilization schedule. We we have to mobilize like we did in World War II to stop this climate change. And so a lot of people didn't ask questions when they did the mobilization. If they had it to do over again, do you think they would have possibly taken all the Japanese-Americans and put them in camps? You know, you can, you can second-guess. The point I'm making is not that that was a right decision or a wrong decision, but imagine the power you've given the government over society to deal with a crisis. So one of the things that I see happening here is you're manufacturing a crisis that, hey, if, if, if Mother Nature starts to accelerate climate change, it will be a big deal, okay? But if you're attributing that to man and therefore you're saying man broke it, man can fix it, the science does not show that that's possible. Using the UN's own models, they show that the effect we're going to have is minuscule with these plans. And uh, total decarbonization, you know, one, it's unrealistic, and even if you could do it, whether you could shift the momentum of what's already happening is, again, very, very unlikely. You know, what you're talking about here is is something that I think is probably the key point that we can make, is when you talked about the mobilization that occurred in World War II, we had real, truthful evidence that there was a crisis. The Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. There were 2,500 men, women, and children were killed in that raid. Battleships were sunk the port, the airfield, and whatever were, were in flames. We were actually attacked. That was an act of war. We saw what was happening in Europe, where the, where the British and some of the French were forced to evacuate to flee at Dunkirk with massive loss of lives. We saw V-2 rockets from Germany raining down on the city of London. There was no... There was no models. This was not a computer model that we were looking at. It wasn't a video game. It was the truth. And so to mobilize in the face face of a truthful crisis is smart because that's what you have to do if you don't want to give in. What we're looking at now is the request to do even more disruption, a total disruption of our society, for computer models. And we all know, as you aptly pointed out, garbage in, garbage out. If you cull the data to only put the worst scenarios, the worst possible data into a model, 
of course you're going to get catastrophe and Armageddon coming out the other side. I, thought, I saw an interesting, you talked about how to pay for this, and I saw some interesting numbers. The proposed tax increase uh, uh, at a tax rate of 70% on incomes over $10 million per year. There are 68,000 people in the United States have an income over $10 million a year. They pay about $400 billion in taxes. Raising the rate to 70% would generate an additional $70 billion per year or $700 billion in 10 years. That doesn't even come close to the $92 trillion that this plan would cost. And an additional note, in Canada, they did raise taxes on the top 1%. They expected to gain $3 billion in tax revenues. They actually got $4.6 billion less because, obviously, people with that kind of money can walk. They can go elsewhere. They can hide their money. They can do whatever they want so they don't have to give their hard-earned dollars to the government. So, again, these are, this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with an attempt of a socialist, tyrannical takeover of the United States. It's been going on for 100 years, and this is another chapter. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Um, but, again, uh, you look at the sacrifice for World War II, and we've all had relatives that told us, you know, how things, things were uh, and the rationing and what have you, and no one complained because they knew what they were doing would get a result, and they knew that failure was not an option in that particular case. Uh, what people are trying to create is that same uh, terrible outcome if they don't do something. But uh, the science, the economics tell us that, one, you're not going to be able to do it. Uh, the, the other thing is the projections of what the danger is are greatly overstated. But, but here's the thing. If and I think a lot of people, and this, is, and this is where we're dealing with people that are not taught to critically think, uh, where a program like yours is helpful because it's like, well, my gosh, if I have to sacrifice to save this planet, to have a life for my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren, then by golly, I'm willing to sacrifice that they can have a better life because I'm told now the next generation will be the first generation that is not, uh, does not have the opportunity to have a better life than I have. Well, I, will you sacrifice for that? Well, of course, of course. But if I told you I'm going to take all this money from you and I'm going to do all this stuff, and at the end of the day, you'll have nothing to show for it. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Hey.
they call them muddy waters. And people, I just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man I get joy in everything Everything, everything Everything gonna be all right this morning Once you hear Dr. Dan, weekends on WJRB 95.1 FM, you'll know he's right. Really, this is a nation that is built upon the concept of private property ownership. As a matter of fact, the right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Catch Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. on the Talk of the Mountains, News Talk 95.1.